Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, July 18th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We will be joined in a second here by 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wiltfong. Obviously, this is a good time to talk recruiting if you're a Buckeye. But I'm here to remind you, today is the first of Big Ten Media Days for football. The season is nearly here. At 2.30 Eastern Time, Ryan Day will take the podium. In Chicago, at the Hilton, Dave Biddle and Steve Hellwagon are there. It should be an interesting time. We'll get some players afterwards. They break out day for an hour for individual chatter. So make sure you have it locked in. 2.30 Eastern, Ryan Day will take the podium. We'll have full coverage here and afterwards. Let's move on to our guest. He graces us with his presence every Thursday. Steve, how goes it? Good morning, Daniel. Going fantastic. You know how your wife gives you a honey-do list sometimes, and there's a bit of procrastination in there if you got to fix something around the house or run an errand. Um, but I got the uh, go-ahead last night to uh, uh, go pull the trigger on a sound system for for our basement, and I'm not wasting any time on that. <laughs> I'm en route to handle that as soon as we hang up here. Daddy's solo toy store mission. Steve is a very dedicated pop, so good for Steve to do a little something for, for Dad. Good for the Buckeyes. You've had some great stories up there lately. Everybody who covers recruiting has been spreading the good cheer. Two in particular I want to talk about that have done very well on Bucknuts. One was about Ohio State trending to take over the number one spot from Clemson in recruiting according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. And one was on Bijan Robinson, and let's start with that. The running back. Five stars out of Arizona. Everyone expects him to become a Buckeye. Talk about what it's like when you did the feature on him. What did you learn about him? Uh, if the Buckeyes get him, what would they be getting? Well, he, he's a young man that loves football as much as anyone in this class, it appears. And he just kind of – I talked to his grandfather first, and his, his grandfather just started talking about all the stuff that Bijan broke around the house, playing football inside that his grandmother – he lives with his grandparents um, – his, his uh, uh, grandmother told him that he uh, would have to go pro to fix all the stuff, and, and he's going to have a chance to go pro in, in four or five years um, with the skill set that, that he brings to the table, a guy that I think is going to rise here in our top 247 player rankings as we continue to work on those, Barton Simmons, Charles Power, myself, uh, Brandon Huffman, and Greg Biggins, along with uh, feedback from across the network. So we, we're really excited about our rankings process right now in the way we're doing things. And, and, and with, with Bijan, um, he's a guy that um, has really been an instinctive runner since he was a little kid. Uh, his grandfather is a Pac-12 official, so he has a really good feel for, for the football game and has seen some great players. The best player that he's seen, he, the best player he said he's refereed was, was Reggie Bush, and he was actually at the Bush-Push game in, in Notre, uh, at Notre Dame. He was on the field for that. Um, and he's seen Christian McCaffrey and, and some guys like that up close and personal. Um, but just talking about Bijan and uh, um, the instincts that he has as a runner that that are natural, that he's seen from a young age, um, that we see on tape now uh, with him rushing over 2,000 yards the past couple seasons, a guy that um, can cut and, and change direction and accelerate at a high level. And then he also – uh, catches the football well, uh, but Bijan's grandfather pointed out uh, that there'll be times in practice where Bijan will go put in work with the offensive line to work on blocking technique. So uh, he's he's trying to 
um, evolve all parts of his game to, to be as complete a player as he can be. Um, Ohio State's a school that's attractive to him uh, because he feels it's a place that he can be an instant impact player. If J.K. Dobbins leaves, which he's projecting, um, the job would be open for him to come in and compete for. And then obviously, if J.K. will need another year uh, at Ohio State, the Buckeyes have certainly played uh, multiple backs in their system every year since Urban Myers comes. So um, it's an exciting opportunity for him. I like Ohio State's position. Bijan just talked about how he's played. He would play football games by himself in his house. And I, and I know that there's guys listening to this show that have done this, but he would dress up in his football uniform and he would, he would, uh, play, he would play whole games. He would play every position. He would throw the ball up to himself downfield or he'd hand it off to himself. He said he would do the sound effects. Obviously he'd break some stuff in the house uh, along the way, but his grandparents never, uh, uh never had a rule, it seems, to, uh, about no ball in the house keeping that enthusiasm alive, and he's very excited about his senior season and, and his college his college future and, and beyond. could definitely make an argument that he's the number one running back in the country, got all of the characteristics of an every-down back. Put in context for us a little bit here, though, he's the third commitment he would be from the state of Arizona to get your quarterback, Jack Miller, safety, Lathan Ransom, and Bijan out of one state that far away. That's really impressive for the first run here in Dan Company. Well, Dan, when you look at the top of the 24-7 sports team rankings, uh, all the schools are recruiting with some national flavor to it. And we've talked about this before, but it's easier um, with the way technology is set up to recruit outside of your footprint on the map. And Ohio State's a national brand with their with the way that they've won football games on Saturdays and competed for championships and New Year's six games and, and winning a title. And then certainly the success that they've had in the NFL draft, kids want to be part of that kind of program. And then beyond that, Ohio State's assistant coaches do a good job of connecting with these players and getting them excited about Ohio State. And then when these young men come to campus, their players are what really uh, helps set Ohio State apart. When you get a B. John Robinson around J.K. Dobbins and he's so comfortable around Ohio State star running back, and, and he can see uh, a future for himself around these kind of like-minded people. Ohio State does a good job of recruiting guys that fit their culture, and then when these young men come and visit, uh, they really hit it off with the players and, and the staff in person. But the, it, it, it's easier to recruit nationally because it's easier to communicate with these kids nationally now obviously through twitter twitter messages tech messages you can video chat with these kids through skype through your iphone so you can build a, a better report with these young men that live six seven states away than you used to be able to when you were waiting for their film to come by federal express and the only time you would really see them is when you would be out during the recruiting contact period and you would run into them or the one time they come to your campus if they're from far away so it was easier to just recruit in your in your footprint back back in the day. Now these relationships are much easier to foster through through technology. These young men, Bijan Robinson is able to get to know Tony Alford better. G. Scott is, and, and Julian Fleming are able to get to know Brian Hartline better. Uh, you know, Julian Fleming talked about FaceTiming with Brian Hartline every day. So that that's beyond a, a phone call. That's beyond a text message. It's even more personal when you seeing the other person's face. And man, when I'm FaceTiming with family, you're showing all kinds of things around the house 
I'm sure that it's the same thing with, with Brian Hartline and, and uh, when he's FaceTiming with kids and, and other people on the staff. So um, it, it's just easier for these schools. And then when you combine the success that they've had on the field and in the NFL draft, kids want to be part of it. I was just thinking about this. If you take into account, let's consider Arizona to be West Coast, Ohio State's going to add in this class if Bijan hops aboard. You've got the Arizona trio, Bijan Robinson, Jack Miller, Lathan Ransom, and then from California, you'd have Clark Phillips, and from the state of Washington, you'd have G. Scott. I would venture a guess that no other team, including every team out West, has five players that good from the West on one class, so that is totally awesome. Ohio State could also get Court Williams from out West. They're the 24-7 sports crystal ball for favorite for one of the most athletic linebackers in the country. And then um, as Bucknuts has been reporting, Elias Ricks, the number one corner in the country, committed to LSU, California native, playing at IMG, is a guy that Ohio State continues to recruit. I could have mentioned those, but it would have been gluttonous. I thought I could make my point even short of that, but I appreciate Steve hopping in with the anecdotal evidence. We're going to take a break here, people. There is a commercial coming up after my voice here. We will be back. And we're back. Been a lot of chatter about the Big Ten football season coming up. Nobody knows the Big Ten recruiting scene better than Steve Wiltfong. We're going to give him a shot to predict some real football here. Top five teams in the Big Ten, East and West included, inverse order, starting with number five, ending at number one. Steve Wiltfong, number five. I think it's going to be an exciting year in the Big Ten, and you could have put a lot of teams here in the number five spot. I was down in Nebraska and Iowa. For, for that spot, and I, I've put Nebraska in there for a couple of reasons. I think that they're going to be more dynamic on offense than Iowa. If Adrian Martinez stays healthy, he's, and that's, he's one of the most pivotal players in the Big Ten this year, I think he takes a, a step forward in his, in his sophomore season. Uh, that whole offense will, um, and they got some dynamic guys around him. Um, so I like Nebraska on offense, but on the, on the flip side, and, and it doesn't get much credit, but Nebraska is one of the uh, – best defensive coordinators in in the Big Ten, uh, Eric Shenander, and, and he did a terrific job at UCF and was as big, as big a reason for the UCF turnaround as what they were doing on offense. And Nebraska has had the change under the previous regime, under Coach Riley, and then they get Coach Frost, and I feel like they changed their defensive scheme and, and makeup four times in five years or something. So now Nebraska's going into – a second straight season with the same defensive philosophies, and uh, they've they've upgraded the talent level um, and, and added some key transfers. So I think that Nebraska has a chance to um, take a step forward and, and maybe even, uh, or I'm obviously projecting them to be in Indianapolis for the Big Ten title game this year. Number four. So number four is Penn State. Um, I think that first when you look at their roster. It's it's uh, the third most talented roster in the Big Ten, in my opinion, um, and uh, specifically on defense and in the front seven, they have some real difference makers. Uh, the Yatur Matos kid will be one of the best pass rushers in the league, and Micah Parsons um, is looking like the top linebacker in the Big Ten this year going into his sophomore year. Um, they have some playmakers on offense, some guys that, uh, really liked in the recruiting process that are going to get a chance to uh, really emerge this year. Ricky Slade in the backfield. Um, K.J. Hamler uh, leads that receiving corps. And they have a really good tight end room led by Pat Fryermuth. Obviously, they have question marks at court, quarterback. 
but it's year two of uh, Ricky Ronnie, a new offensive coordinator, Ricky Ronnie. It kind of took a couple of years for Joe Moorhead to hit his stride. Uh, so Penn State hoping uh, the same to be true with, with Ricky Ronnie. Um, Sean Clifford at quarterback, I'm, 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 I'm not sure. Jury out on him. But I, I like the offensive line. I like the I like uh, what they have around him. Maybe Will Levis wins the job, uh, an athletic quarterback with a high ceiling, uh, as well at Penn State. But I got Penn State four, um, and, and they'll be they'll be a tough out for sure in the Big Ten East. Number three. So Michigan State um, is, is my number three team. They were one of the best defenses in college football last year. I'm not sure people even really realize that. Their games were kind of boring to watch because they didn't score any, and, and so the, all their games were slobber knockers, um, low-scoring affairs, and, and Michigan State's offense struggled because they were without their two best receivers, um, Cody White and Felton Davis. Now, those two guys are back this year, and I think that, that the, those guys are going to be a problem for Big Ten defensive backs and, and changes the complete dynamic of Michigan State's football team. Uh, Brian Lewerke is going to need to have a much better year. He was a guy that going into last year, people were projecting um, as a as a high NFL draft pick. He'll he'll need to rebound, but the offensive line will be solid. Uh, he's got two playmaking receivers back, some unproven guys in the backfield. But Michigan State typically can run the ball, though they struggled to last year. And uh, the defense again will be uh, maybe the best statistically in the Big Ten and one of the best. Uh, in the country, they're they're just good at what they do. They're a wall up front. Um, they're, they're schematically prepared for for every ball game, um, and uh, so if that offense is able to add a little more juice, and I think they will with Davis and and Cody back, um, I, I like Michigan State to really bounce back this year and, and have a strong year. Most people listening are about to get geeked on some level, good or bad. Number two. I have Michigan number two, and I have Ohio State number one. Uh, I, I went with Ohio State over Michigan because I think the Buckeyes are, are just a more talented football team across the board, have guys that uh, when you look at their roster, I think that you'll see a lot of guys that will ultimately go high in the NFL draft. And, and uh, But they have more question marks than Michigan going into the season, so I understand why people are picking Michigan to win the conference. Michigan's going to have uh, – uh, on paper, the best offensive line uh, in the league going into the season. They have Shea Patterson back for a second year. And I'm really excited about their skill players uh, at receiver, led by Nico Collins. Um, we'll see who emerges in the backfield. Maybe it's Zach Charbonnet. Michigan's always been able to run the football. Defensively, you still have Don Brown, um, the defensive coordinator. Uh, and I know he struggled in, in ball games against uh, Ohio State. But Michigan's been right there knocking on the door against the Buckeyes uh, in, in some of these ball games and just haven't been able to push through. That's one of the reasons why I got Ohio State. I, you can't. It's just hard to predict Michigan to beat the Buckeyes and, until they do it. I'm not going to be one of these guys that's going to try and be out in front of it. you got to show me uh, that you can beat the Buckeyes. And Ohio State's had Michigan's number under, under Coach Harbaugh. Uh, I certainly think that Michigan can win this game this year. Uh, they've been in it. Uh, they, they've Harbaugh's worst team, uh, if it wasn't for a – a drop pick six in that ball game and then a late interception. Uh, perhaps uh, his worst team beats the Buckeyes, but Ohio State always finds a way uh, to win that rivalry game. Uh, and last year uh, was was an exclamation mark win uh, in that rivalry game. Um, when you look at Michigan, they have the pieces in place to, to make a playoff run. When you look at Ohio State, 
they, they have um, Justin Fields, who's maybe the most talented quarterback in the conference. Um, they have three pro receivers running around out there. Best running back in the Big Ten, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, certainly some very exciting offensive linemen led by Thayer Munford and, and Nicholas Petit-Freer, in, in my opinion. And, and then defensively, Jordan Fuller's back. Chase Young is going to be a high draft pick. Um, you got to think the linebacker play is going to be better because they've gained experience and took their lumps last year. So Ohio State, they got difference makers on every level of the field on both sides of the ball. Uh, so I give the nod to Ohio State coming into the year. But, again, new head coach. There, there's just a few more question marks with Ohio State than, than there is Michigan. But I like Ohio State's ceiling more than I like Michigan. You may ask yourself, was this just another creative way for me to get Ohio State mentioned above Michigan? The answer, yes, but it was a risk. I asked Steve to put together his top five. There was no mandate, but this is why we like Steve so much. We appreciate Steve stopping by. Don't forget, Bucknutters, 2.30 Eastern Time, Big Ten Media Days in Chicago. Steve Hellwagon and Dave Biller are there. Have a good one, Bucknutters. See you on the front row. Thanks.